Welcome to our Brain or Shine podcast with me, Mark, and Jules, where we help people navigate brain injury together. Whether it's you that's sustained a brain injury, or you're a family member or friend of someone who has, Brain or Shine is here to help you understand how to live with the hidden side effects the injury can leave you with and shine. Hi and welcome to this week's podcast, continuing the theme of understanding fatigue. We're going to be looking at what the triggers are and how to recognise them. And as we talked in the last episode, fatigue is one of the worst things I've experienced with brain injury and one of the most common side effects. So what actually triggers fatigue? Well, we're going to share with you some personal experiences and also ones that we have found from talking to people through the brain injury community. So the first one for me is information gathering and excessive concentration. We've run our own business for quite a number of years and I've also worked in busy offices and busy environments and I've pretty much managed to do that without really thinking about it. Since brain injury, things like taking on information from a conversation or even filling in forms and documents can just absolutely wipe me out. It is horrendous how the simplest task that I would just be able to do without even thinking about it. I could do it standing on my head to coin a phrase there, but I could just pick up a form now or go online and fill in really, really simple information. I know the information. I know my name and address, don't I? But just completing a document is just going to wipe me out. Yeah, I've noticed that. And certainly when we are in a meeting, for example, and you're getting lots of information, I notice you start yawning and I think, oh my gosh, in the early days, I used to think, what's wrong with him? Why is he doing this? And almost it was embarrassing, particularly if we're in a business meeting, because I used to think the other person would be looking at you thinking, am I boring you? Are you not interested? But it literally was information overload. Yeah, that's from my point of view, as you said, the word embarrassing there. You don't want to yawn when you're sitting in a meeting with somebody. I remember going to a fatigue management program in Icebrook Hospital in uh, Northamptonshire. And that was the first time I went on a fatigue meeting. And I said jokingly right at the start that this is quite acceptable to sit in a room and yawn. <laughs> I know, which is quite funny. But equally, now that we know that that's how to recognise it, we're very comfortable when we're in that situation to say, if this happens, this is why. It's not because he's not disinterested, it's just he's struggling to take that information on at that time. And it's absolutely fine for us to continue unless he decides otherwise, because I'm there making notes and taking down that information that I can relay back to him at a later date. That's a good tool, actually. The next one is something that I have spoken to so many people within the brain injury community and they just go yeah absolutely and this is big big for me as well it's been in a really really loud and busy environment so i'm going to pick the coffee shop now for some reason i don't know what it is about coffee shops but they seem to be louder than regular shops (laughs) they do they do don't (laughs) they so first of all you've got the machine that makes the coffee then when the the staff take the machine out they always bang the coffee Mm. before they refill it again so you've got the banging for some reason as well, they always seem to put plates down and cups down really, really heavily and crash them down on the counter and whatever. So you've got all that noise from the machinery and the staff. Then there's multiple conversations going on in the background. There might be some music as well. So this is all overstimulating the senses. And I could be sitting right in the middle of this, right opposite Jules, having a conversation with Jules, but I can hear four other conversations going on at other tables. 
And that is really, really bizarre because it could be the furthest table away that I could hear the people talking and every word they're saying. So that to me is an environment which is just really, really uncomfortable from time to time. Yeah, it really triggers your fatigue. And again, going back to those early days, we'd be in that situation. Then all of a sudden I would look at him and I think, oh, he's gone. And by that, I could just see that his eyes would almost like glaze over. And he was like shutting down, really. I think his senses were saying, I can't deal with this. And you get to recognise that look at that beginning of that. And you know now that we need to get out of this situation. (laughs) (laughs) We need to bail out. (laughs) Stepping outside the coffee shop and going and spending time with the family, we have grandkids who have loads and loads and loads of energy. They're really full of fun and laughter and playfulness. But sometimes that makes me want to hide in the cupboard. Yeah. Not literally, but the noise from laughter, maybe from kids or even Mm. from adults, that just hits my senses like an absolute brick to the side of the head. And this could be really, really, really uncomfortable because I don't want to say to people, could you just stop having a little bit of fun for a moment? (laughs) Could you stop laughing at each other's jokes? Could you stop your kids from running around and enjoying themselves? So again, this is a really, really self-conscious, embarrassing situation to be in. Sometimes I just need an escape room. I need to get out of that situation and move away from that noise. And I can sense when it's all getting a bit too much for him because he becomes more irritable, more fidgety. His legs start sort of twitching a little bit. I can sense that stress, that anxiety is beginning to build. Thankfully, again, through all of this and educating the family and friends, they are aware of it. And sometimes he just needs to go and hide in a room. We play hide and seek and off goes Papa. (laughs) Go and hide in a room, but don't look for me. (laughs) Actually, to be fair, Russell, our son, he kindly moved to a new house which had two reception rooms, had two downstairs rooms. So I have an adult room that I can go and hide in there. (laughs) But put those three together. So excessive concentration, business meetings, in a coffee shop with kids running around. That to me is probably a nightmare situation for my senses. And it's this real shame because it's a very, very social environment to be in. It can also be shopping centres that trigger you if there's a lot of people in there or if they have loud music playing or even just, you know, your local supermarket. Yeah, the lights as well. Sometimes I go into a shop and I have to walk outside and stand outside because the lighting is so bright in there. So that sensitivity is quite strong. And again, this is something that talking to friends in the brain injury community will be nodding their heads frantically and going, yeah, I absolutely get that. It is very, very, very common. The fourth trigger I'm going to touch on is around stress. Now, I don't like being stressed. And I think that's probably a really bold statement to say, because if anybody sits there and says, yeah, do you know what? I love stress. Mm -hmm. That's quite a strange thing to say, isn't it? But if anything's stressful or backs me into a corner and activates my fight or flight system, that then can cause an absolute horrendous wave of fatigue. So to give a real life example, last week I was booking some flights and I made a mistake. I accidentally booked the flight the wrong way round. So the departure airport to the arrival airport was the wrong way round. So we were actually would have been flying the wrong way. Now that stressed me out a little bit because at first I felt a bit annoyed that I'd made the error, but it was fine. Then I went on to the website to try and change the flight. The process went all the way through to the end, put all these details in, which was a lot of information, got to the end, put in a payment because I had to make a small payment, and it said this system is not working. 
So I went all the way back, started again, got to exactly the same point. Then I checked my bank online and realized the payment had gone out, but the flight hadn't changed. I then had to call the customer service department and speak to somebody, went all the way through the process, and then the phone call cut off halfway through the lady dealing with it. So then I had to call back again, go through the same numbers, the same wait time, and then explain the same problem to another person. Now you're probably sitting there thinking, yeah, this is really, really stressful. By the end of actually sorting out this error, this flight and making the payment, I had to go and lay down because it stressed me out that much that I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't function. I couldn't cope with it. So I just had to just literally switch off and take a good few hours out after that. Yes, yeah. And again, being able to recognise this, immediately I know it's getting to him and it's causing fatigue because, again, he'll become irritable and everything's like, oh, 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 I can't believe it. And it's a lot of the language is very negative. The slightest little thing and it really annoys him. In some cases, not every case, the anxiety and the stress that it's caused you can make him feel physically sick. And there are times when he has actually been sick as well, when it's got to you that bad. Thankfully, that's not every time. And hopefully now, because we've learned to recognise it, we can step away before it makes you feel that bad. It's not very nice driving your stress levels that much that it actually makes you feel physically sick. And then, of course, that leads to more fatigue. Mm. So it brings on the fatigue cycle. The last one I'm going to talk about, and we mentioned this in the previous episode of this podcast, was driving. So I shared with you a story where I had to drive from Birmingham to Devon and I actually ended up sleeping twice in service stations and just really, really struggled to function the following day, despite the fact I'd had a lot of sleep in the last 24 hours. Now, driving on busy roads is difficult for the best of us and the safest drivers, but it requires a lot of concentration. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the roads are a lot busier these days. So the things that really trigger the fatigue for me with driving is, first of all, the long distance. Secondly, it's cars driving close to each other, especially if you're driving on a motorway. The next one is driving at night and facing oncoming traffic with headlights flashing and flickering. And that is also very, very similar to when you drive along a row of trees and the sunlight flickers through the trees, which causes distraction. If it's been raining and the road's wet and then the sun comes up and the sun is bouncing off the road or there's a low sunset, that is also another issue. And then the final one is the spatial awareness. So I find it difficult to look over my right shoulder. And that is one of the places where I have to look over quite a lot when I'm driving in the UK. Doing that once or twice is okay, but doing that a multiple number of times, yep, that causes fatigue too. That was one of the first things that we noticed, how much the driving wiped you out. And again, it would be the yawning. And another thing that you do, which we've noticed, is wiping your eyes a lot when you're driving, particularly your eyes water. So that's a real key that we need to pull over. So I do a lot of the driving now. Mark still does it because he still enjoys to be able to have that independence of driving. But a majority of the time, I will do the driving. And then as well, we also put things in like staying overnight if it's going to be a long journey in the morning to somewhere. So we try and alleviate the fatigue as much as possible. So yes, there are some of the major triggers that affect me on a daily basis. And also I found that to be very, very common within the brain injury community from talking to fellow brain injury survivors. In the next episode, we're going to be looking at tools of how to manage fatigue. So please do make sure you tune in for that one. And we look forward to catching you very soon. Bye for now. 
Thank you for joining us on the Brain or Shine podcast with me, Jules and Mark, where we help to navigate brain injury together. Don't forget to head over to our website, which is brainorshine.com, where you can find a host of free resources, plus you can subscribe to the membership site. Follow Brain or Shine on Instagram and join the Facebook community group too.